Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to uh, just now record a statutory demand 04. The content is very similar to what you will have heard already, um, but it's imperative I do it because I've said um, statutory demand 04 will be on Spotify, and that's where, of course, it's got to be. Um, this particular um, document does, claim, does contain a few photos, so there may be references to photos. I'm trying to do something that will allow me to put these onto Instagram and link them up, but um, that's not happening at the moment, <clears throat> certainly not this weekend. Um, so the detail is there, very similar, um, well written in my opinion, um, and good content, but it is quite repetitive of what you may have already heard. So if you've, if you've got half an hour to spend, listen to it. If, if, if not... Um, do, do something more useful, I'm sure. Right, here, here we go. I am in receipt of a statutory demand under Section 268, 3A, that was served at my home on Friday the 25th of February, which is associated with a debt that became due in January. I have now set up a £500 monthly payment, thus by March, I'll have paid £1,500 to the creditor. One would think they'd appreciate such adherence. Well, read on. The court's expectation of a solicitor is that they can be trusted to the end of the earth. My experience is, such is not a status, solicitors should hold, as I've been able to compose a 17-page podcast to show, neither the solicitor's house Percival or three county court judges adhere to the law, or could be seen to even have basic common sense. 4. His Honour, Judge Murdoch, to have made a ruling, awarding a claimant zero, of a £16,000 claim. The judge had to ignore the lease and the dilapidations process, and 100% of all, of what the pre-action protocol for claims and damages for a commercial property, the PAP-CD rules, and multiple other UK laws, expect of the tenant. Likewise the defendant, their solicitor, House Passival LLP and counsel did the same. Further it was seen, the defendant, a John Bateman, JB, of Franklin Silences Limited, a Hype Wilson, of House Passable, HP, and the defendant's expert Diane Anstey, DA, and three county court judges, promoted what suited, regardless of their obligation to adhere to the law and the court's expectation. In the case of JB, HP, and DA, they promoted such for their own financial gain. For me to be wrong, the following would be lawful. The defendant JB, blatantly lying, in denying all 55 lease breaches, listed by the claimants, independent expert, CS2, an act of fraud by John Bateman. The defendant's expert DA and HP truly believing the claimant could engage a plumber for £15. Yes, I did say £15. As he couldn't, an act of fraud by DA and HP. For it to be legitimate for House Passable to compose a court order that imposed a task and cost on the claimant that the PAP CD rules defined was a responsibility of the defendants, an act of fraud by HP and a judge. For HP and his honor Judge Murdoch to believe the claimant will not suffer a loss if awarded the claim in full, if a sum was based on non-quantified sums that excluded materials, safety compliance, and the legally required, working at height equipment. The claimant would of course, suffer a loss. So such was an act of fraud by HP and the judge. Even if the claim had been paid in full. But the judge went on to prefer the sums of the defendant's expert being just 50% of CS2 sums that excluded all other than labor thus only reflected circa 50% of the likely quantified sums. An act of fraud by a judge. 
and for both HP and the judges to believe that they can personally define the responsibility of a claimant's tenant being the defendant here, and that the government's PAP CD rules, the dilapidations process, the lease, are all worthless documents being void of value, says the judge, when it suits them. In this claim, JB, HP, DA, Council and three county court judges have been complicit in using over 100 acts of perjury, which has led to multiple acts of fraud against the claimant, being Kevin Lamin, the composer of this document. So why not appeal the judgment? Well, anybody who asks that question doesn't understand how the process works, but in real terms, such could result in a legal liability of £250,000 for a £16,000 claim. The defendant had been given a period of circa 12 months to settle at £12,000 prior to court action being taken by the claimant. I write to the court pre-trial to advise of the blatant deception by the defense as a whole and how two pre-trial judges had already ignored House Passable's deception, which in effect by doing so, they promoted the deception by House Passable when HP demanded the claimant pay for a discussion by the experts based on hypothetical repair sums that could do no other than lead to a loss to the claimant. In England, that is an act of fraud by a county court judge and House Percival, one of the leading UK law companies, they say, experts you can trust. We have all heard the saying, if that is the cream of the crop, etc, etc. The above is a background to how I got into this muddle, I did no wrong, that claim was based on my expert CS2 sums, as the defendant took 459 days to respond to my expert's report, the government's PAP CD rules allowed the defence 56 days. But as you can see by the judgment, HP and his honor, Judge Murdoch, had no more interest in math than they had in their or the defense's compliance with the law. This pic shows the current state of the pedestrian access door to the property. The defendant's position in their house passable composed witness statements is they fitted a new door on their vacation, and I believe their expert, Diane Arnstie allowed for a new letterbox, that is what they told the judge. I provided 3.75 gigabytes of data and photos, and all promote a similar property condition. The judge just ignored the blatant deception of the defendant and house passable. Below are examples of the property condition on vacation, all denied by JB, HP, DA, and a county court judge. The sad and frustrating fact is, whatever action I'd taken, it was reliant on me, the landlord, having to fund the neglect of the defendant. This photo is a close-up of the said new front access door fitted by the defendant. JB had his staff drill and bolt racking to the floor slab, not allowed under the lease. On vacation JB staff sliced the bolts with an angle grinder, leaving them proud. JB then simply denied the occurrence. On one occasion, I was in the property. It can be seen, JB has no concept of what lease compliance meant, or the truth is. And further whatever I'd have done would have increased the defendant's liability if the judge had not excluded the defendant from having any liability to adhere to the terms of the lease, which had been deemed as the controlling document. I have already been told how rude I am, how out of step with the court's chamber's conformity, apparently we should all be nice to each other. My concern is not who is nice to me, it is who is can be seen to be telling the truth and how a judgment in this age can be based on blatant deception of those with no other focus than their own financial gain. Further detail can be gained by listening to my first podcast, which will ultimately be distributed worldwide, then we will all have a better understanding of the UK's dilapidations process and what can be expected from a UK expert you can trust. House Passables, content of the 17th of February 2022, is not accurate in the following.
The hearing may have been on the 22nd of November, but the order was composed on the 14th of December and received after that, and I had written to House Percival between those dates, advising I'd take specific action on receipt of specific direction. It's evident the judgment gave no repayment instruction, and certainly, the defense made no formal application for interest, nor was such granted. Paras 1 through to 18, deem, I do not accept, the debt as being legitimate. The defendant could have settled at £12,000, but JB chose to run up a legal liability for his company Franklin Silences, in excess of £80,000. Was that a moment of madness by JB, or his inability to see reality, regardless that was JB's sole decision, I had warned JB in August of 2019, to expect a £40,000 bill. I also wrote to the defendant, post the 14th of December, asking they confirm, how the cost sum was calculated, and proof that they actually sustained such a loss. In other words, what had the judge been presented with, prior to them making the cost award? The only response, was a demand, for the immediate payment of £31,285. I further wrote to the defendant, explaining the position the claim and the judgment had left me in. Letter attached. Being I have done no other since August 2019, than try to enforce the lease, and in doing so, such as resulted in me having little to no income, over the same period. Directly below are examples, of the property's condition on vacation, JB, HP, DA, Council and a county court judge, all say, acceptable, for a unit, in the NN1 postcode. Further below are examples, of the property's condition, with the benefit of the landlord's company's investment of time and money, all works carried out, have been denied, as being done, and discounted of value, by JB, HP, DA, and a county court judge. Such also being examples of what the property condition would have been like, had the defendant, had adhered to the lease. The point here, is where the defendant and House Percival expect, that I will have, and can just hand over £32,000, I've been working for nothing since August 2019 and absorbing the full cost of the renovation work. The judge's call is, a landlord should work for nothing, bizarrely the law, excludes slavery and exploitation, in any regard. There's doubt one could engage any, to clean such elevated surfaces, by hand, for reasons I won't explain here, but if you doubt such, you try and get a quote, for a cleaner to work off, a six-meter high tower, gaining a cost, for such, was beyond the defense. Had the judgment granted me the claim in full, I would still be out of pocket, had the judge awarded a payment for a litigant in person, I would have still been at a loss. House Percival misled the judge to understand, the property was occupied, that was deceit, as the property had only a nine months term of occupation, with the property being empty for the majority of the period since, the end of June, 2019. Thus I, the claimant will have gained a loss, of £22,000 in lost rent alone. Yet the trial judge said, the claimant has sustained no loss, and there has been no fraud. It really beggars belief, how, his honor Judge Murdoch, can come to that conclusion. I further confirm the judge and House Percival will have viewed all the photos made available in this document. And again I refer to, the court's expectation of the solicitor, they can be trusted to the end of the earth. This process has been no other than a blatant act of perjury and fraud, by House Percival, to defraud the claimant, such a process has also defrauded Franklin Silences, albeit JB was the catalyst for the process, with Diane Anstey close behind. That is even evident, by a glance at the collection of pics, in the hard copy version of this document. This was a difficult scenario for, his honor, Judge Murdoch, because the process and courts have become tolerant, of solicitors defrauding their clients, and others, by the manipulation of the process, but, his honor, 
Judge Murdoch's judgment that the lease and the PAP CD rules can be totally ignored to provide House Percival with what appears to be a legitimate income stream is a step too far, and the public will agree. If I am given time to return 21 UPS to the rental market, the income may provide an opportunity to pay higher monthly sums to Franklin Silences. The payment to Franklin Silences will be, as per the judgment. On the subject of rules and the law, had the defendant, or House Percival, or one of three judges, adhered to the PAP CD rules, Franklin Silences Limited would be £60,000 the better off, thus. It can only be seen, with Franklin Silences paying £80,000 to deflect a £12,000 dilapidation claim, and paying £2,000 to deliver a threat of a bankruptcy petition, against a new debtor who is offered, and who is paying £500 per month, in very difficult circumstances, there is an whiff, of vengeance in the air. It can also be seen, Franklin's expenditure to House Percival was an act of gross stupidity, on their part, i.e., a self-inflicted cost, that could, have been totally avoided. I could further make an argument, that HP are partly responsible, for Franklin's costs, for messing with diminution, which they clearly didn't understand. Diminution is a great word, but the process requires, controlling levers, and HP didn't have them. I promote Hope Wilson, of House Percival, didn't fully understand diminution, but used diminution as an expensive distraction, and with the arena not being a board game, the use of diminution was an act of fraud by House Percival. As Hope Wilson was in a position where the diminution process could not occur, as Ms. Wilson had not secured quantified sums. And Ms. Wilson kept that relevant fact from the judge. So let's gain a perspective on the default position. I say, I should not be paying Franklin silences anything. It can be seen that blatant deception has burdened me with the cost, via the deception of the defense team as a whole, who have shown, they don't know the difference between, a clean and dirty surface, or a quantified or hypothetical sum, or being honest or being deceptive. Yet they went before a judge, discrediting the claimant at every opportunity, with sworn statements promoting facts that are dependent on such knowledge, which their evidence shows they don't have, and knowing such insertions could only lead to fraud. I do say, House Percival won the case because the judge took the default position that a solicitor can be trusted to the end of the earth, when a glance at the photos and Diane Anstey sums, confirms, Hope Wilson no more believed the witness statement she likely composed, than Diane Anstey thinks the works can be completed for her sums. But both can be no other than blatant acts of perjury and fraud, by Diane Anstey and House Percival and his honor, Judge Murdoch. I have crossed palms with DA on several occasions, she is a promoter of conflict, whether by stupidity, or incompetence, whichever is preferred, of their expert. But, Diane Anstey, was not engaged to provide quantified sums, thus by default, it was an act of fraud, by HP, and the judge to accept DA's sums as definitive. Bizarrely the claimant had attained third-party, IPR builders, quantified sums, which counsel, via her opinion, in trial demised, without reason. The defendant, has further failed, to show how the cost sum was calculated, which they have a legal obligation to do, and additionally they have failed to show the same was incurred. Both have been requested, and again, as with the trial queries, House Percival have ignored the same. Franklin Silences Limited should have taken my payment offer, opposed to spending further on legal fees, and risking getting less. Often the issuer of a bankruptcy partition gets nothing. Of no surprise the only, to benefit, are the firms who promote the idea does it not appear bizarre, from a £12,000 settlement offer, a firm who promotes themselves as experts you can trust, can generate £250,000 for their sector?
Is it of surprise, how's Percival and the judges don't see, the fraud, which is in front of them, daily? Weeks before the trial I wrote to the court, to warn the judge, that how's Percival, had created a Hillsborough moment, and that if the judge accepted the defendant's expert's hypothetical sums, as definitive sums, as being promoted by the defendant's solicitor how's Percival, the judge would be complicit in fraud. They did just that. And also that his honor, Judge Murdoch, must respect the government's PAP CD rules, which are specifically composed, to avoid conflict in the dilapidations process, and the consequences of not doing so, are described in detail, in another of my podcasts. The results of the judgment, deems the judge considers they are above the law, i.e., it was shown in trial that the defendant, under instruction from House Percival, actually promoted the discounting of each and every, of the PAP CD rules. Putting such in perspective, the schedule of dilapidation process is totally controlled by following the PAP CD rules and House Percival and three county court judges, to include the trial judge, his honor, Judge Murdoch, totally ignored all of what the PAP CD document being that it defined what the parties should do. No, I'm not kidding. The ruling by his honor, Judge Murdoch, somewhat showed their displeasure of me in holding House Percival, an expert you can trust, to account, and likewise with the pre-trial judges, for allowing House Percival to plow to trial, irrespective of their flouting of the PAP CD rules, to include actions that could be no other than acts of fraud. Doing the maths, the ruling has defrauded me, the claimant of circa £80,000, in cash terms I'm expected to pay out £60,000 immediately, to get back to the same situation I would be in, had the defendant adhered to the lease terms. It goes without, John Bateman of Franklin Silences Limited, and Hope Wilson of House Percival LLP, are pissed with me, as are the judges. But bizarrely all I have done, is to follow the dilapidation process, and called others up, when they have not done the same, such as HP ignoring the PAP CD rules. If HP had adhered to the PAP CD rules, it would have limited, House Percival's billing hours. And that is why they ignored them, and the judges, ignored, them, ignoring them. The police did similar at Hillsborough, messed up, albeit I don't feel the police's case was well made. However, they then went on to criminalize others, as a distraction tactic, in preference to being truthful about any mistakes they had made. All involved, with this case, will be reported to the appropriate bodies and the fraud office in London, I have further composed a 17-page podcast to aid content distribution and adsorption, and it will be available on Spotify, it's coming soon, no I'm not joking. The new action by the defendant and House Percival could potentially absorb another £50,000 of my money. I'm already out of pocket by £50,000. That's 100k, that is reliant totally, on the blatant and documented deceit of JB and HP, ignored by three judges. Yet, his honor, Judge Murdoch says, the claimant has suffered no loss, that's the logic of a circa £5,000 a week judge. All I have done is to follow the government's dilapidation process and the PAP CD rules, and pointed out, those who are flouting the same. I was mindful of keeping, the defendant's costs to a minimum, had I used a solicitor, things would be very different, albeit, I may have paid out a similar sum, yes bonkers isn't it? That comes of using laws, composed in 1927, the year of the Model T Ford. I accept the judges don't like litigants in person, and I do get that, but this was a small claim for a total of £15,815, with a settlement offer of £12,000. I am now facing ruination, life-changing toil, at the hands of John Bateman, the defendant, who's using his company's money, to inflict conflict on another, yet in the main, all that was required of John Bateman, on his vacation, was they followed the lease terms. The terms of the lease are specific, 
Clean and decorate all surfaces at term end, using professionals in their trade, using good materials. And leave all fittings, in a clean and working state, does such really seem the terms that judges should be discounting? My first podcast analyzes the effects of judges, discounting lease terms to suit the individual. I did the maths, on the cost of engaging professionals, to solely deal with lease term ends at my small 1,200 square foot property, and concluded the likely liability would be £218,000, on each vacation. That is the legal option, current on offer, and the price is high, because most of the professionals detract, and the process and judges, encourage such. Franklin Silences Limited, paid rent of £8,000 per year. And they now desire, that I am forced to sell the property to pay their inflated legal liability. The second pre-trial judge, said to me, you don't like our legal system, do you? That was when we were discussing a £2,000 conversation about, just £9,000 of repairs, that could do no other, than be pointless, as the defense had not attained quantified sums, I thought, what is there to like? The court's expectation of a solicitor, is they can be trusted to the end of the earth. I think not, Hope Wilson of House Percival, never stepped inside the property, and evidently ignored the 3.75 gigabytes of photos and video evidence, yet she composed a witness statement, stating my expert, Harry Rowe of CS2, had lied about the property condition, and that the defendant, had cleaned the property, they had also maintained the property, and they had fitted a new front door, to the property. So somebody is bloody lying. Ironically the defendant's expert, Diane Anstey, agreed with 94% of CS2's lease breach report, yet, House Percival came to trial, with a position, of total denial. I am able, to deal with the deception of the named, but I would appreciate being given the benefit of the doubt, on the facts provided in this document, and my podcast. I am clearly not, a debtor of Franklin Silences Limited, by choice, and they, along with House Percival LLP, can be seen to be using the legal processes as a vehicle of extortion. In addition, Franklin's have not provided detail of how the cost sum was constructed or that they have paid the same sum, albeit such was requested from Franklin's in January. House Percival's request for the claimant to pay the defendant interest is a spurious claim and not supported by the judgment, nor is the deposit. My last letter to Franklin's in January did say the £500 per month payments are reliant on no further action being taken and me being left alone to be free to work on the property. But here we are in my home office and of course this is not billable. I conclude by saying from the outset my objective has been to minimize the defendant's cost. I wrote several letters explaining that JB's blanket denial could only lead to a charge of perjury and fraud and the legal costs at £300 per hour would always overtake the cleaners and decorators costs at £15 and £25 per hour. But John Bateman, of Franklin's silences, was having none of it, his only contribution to his defense, was an 11-line letter, and he couldn't, or he couldn't be bothered to compose his own witness statements. Ironically, although JB, DA, HP, counsel and the judge, could not contradict one of the 70,000 words of my evidence, they threw my claim out. The judge did so, as the alternative, was extra work. With an inevitable conclusion, of acknowledging, how's Percival, a leading UK law firm, experts you can trust, had flouted every PAP CD rule. Simply for the purpose of generating, income for how's Percival. The extra work by the judge would have paid off, as the consequence now is, the judge is complicit in HP's perjury and fraud. As the judge accepted, DA's hypothetical sums, over the accuracy, of the claimants, quantified sums. That was never an option. I can only say, that if House Percival, are experts you can trust, England is doomed, 
and I qualify such by using the either, or, option, as Hope Wilson, can be seen, to be either, incompetent, or has no boundary, of the deception she will bring to court. Example 1, she had my first witness statement excluded from the trial bundle, as I couldn't, provide proof, of its delivery, 18 months earlier, when it was delivered by hand, after office hours. Example 2, whilst under disclosure, I delivered a copy, of the PAP CD rules document, my ref, DL116, as I recall, to house Percival, for some reason, it didn't make its way, into the trial bundle. NB, the pics in this composition, denote what is an acceptable standard, of a county court judge. Example 3, on Hope sending the trial bundle to me, a critical document, Hope Wilson didn't denote such, in the email title, the result being, I gained sight of a critical trial document, that I'd never seen before, one day before the trial. Fortunately the trial was cancelled, as the judge was not sitting. Example 4, and during the trial HP's counsel, said a landlord in the NN1 area of Northampton, really couldn't expect a property to be returned in any better condition, thus a tenant, in the same area, could not be expected, to adhere to the lease terms. So does a postcode define, the standard of a person, that resides or works in an area, as EV, HP's counsel suggested, or does a person's, moral compass adjusts, in keeping with the postcode area, they work. This was not a panto, it was a trial in court, with, controlling documents, that had been exchanged. What was the judge thinking, to allow counsel to promote, a postcode bias, in favor of House Percival and the defendant? Of course as eloquent and graceful as Evie, HP's counsel was, she was talking crap, as it is the lease that controls the obligation of the tenant, not the postcode, not counsel, not House Percival and not the judge, but the lease. If regardless of the postcode, all the named iron, and all the same had respected, the controlling document, and been competent, accurate and honest, both the defendant and the claimant would be better off, but House Percival would be the poorer, and there lays the problem. Food for thought, if Diane Anstey, Hope Wilson, counsel and the judges were, not only clever, but honest, accurate and competent, I'd have a queue at my door willing to take on the works for £7,000. On checking, I haven't a queue, but do have, IPRs, quantified estimates, that total £49,000, maybe a clue, to why I have, no such queue, at my door. If you are thinking, where does expert or trust resonate within this document, its only association, can be with, Harry Rowe, of CS2, the expert surveyor I engaged to complete the SOD, he is the only person that honest, accurate and competent relates to. Simply because, Harry Rowe, of CS2, my expert surveyor, is a man who knows his limits, and does his work without personal bias, irrelevant of which postcode, is in. On analysis of this document, it will be seen, the judges are seen to be in the pockets of the legal firms, alternatively they should visit Specsavers, alternatively, get educated on the difference, between hypothetical and quantified. Consequently the court is seen, as just a conduit, for transferring money from hard-working people, to the greedy. My first podcast, better explains the consequences, of the courts allowing perjury and fraud, by the state, and, like there aren't enough examples, of where the abuse, of power leads. The detail in this document is as accurate as you will find anywhere on the planet. And the consequences on the judge's ruling in this case show that corruption is endemic in the English law system, or I have I simply been persecuted by House Percival. Composed by Kevin Lamin. Well, that's that uh, podcast. I'm pleased I listened to that again, actually, because it gives a lot of detail actually about the trial and the behaviour 
of, of um, Hales Percival and what they're allowed to get away with by the judges. Um, it is a difficult one because if you take, for example, that they, the solicitor's status is that they are trusted to the end of the earth. That is almost the legal definition of a solicitor. And of course, if a judge was to question that trust, then they they almost have to put the solicitors in prison for perjury. So I do accept it's a slightly difficult one, but the judges are creating a problem here where the, the solicitors are arrogantly and blatantly going into court, uh, basically with... And they're saying whatever they want to say. Um, and the only time that that doesn't happen is when there's another solicitor, which they sort of do the same. But in this particular case, I calculated that you'd end up with a £200,000 bill. So although you might not lose the case as such, you'd still probably end up having paid out something like £50,000 to say that you've won the case. It's just a ridiculous system that um, does no other than than line the pockets of the solicitors. That's what these podcasts are all about. Um, please, it would be lovely to hear your opinion. And I will, of course, respond in any way I can. Thank you very much again. And there will be more another day.